You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. I want to share the bed with you, Maddie. Yes. I could be Big Spoon. And Maddie Rose. Ryan, I've been back in the gym for two days. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then you got us licked. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bottom of the hour. More on the Flames' 4-3 loss to the Stars last night. Although Connor Zary, really good in his NHL debut. We'll talk about that. At 8 o'clock, the GOAT. World champion competitive eater Joey Chestnut in studio with Eric Francis ahead of uh, the franchise's Pizza Pigo tonight down at Cowboys Casino. And we'll do our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select at 8.30. But right now, courtesy of our friends at Tom's House of Pizza, pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. We say good morning to NFL analysts for CBS Sports, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One. Ross Tucker, good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. We're excited. Joey Chestnut's joining us in studio in an hour. That's incredible. What's he doing in Calgary? Uh, there's uh, our man, Eric Francis, who does a great job of covering the Flames for Sportsnet. He's like Calgary's most famous sportscaster. He has this charity event uh, where all these pizza places from around Calgary uh, uh, come and you judge all the who's got the best pizza in Calgary, and it all goes to charity, Kids Sport Calgary. So they have Joey Chestnut as like the big celebrity guest this year. That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe next year, Tom, maybe next year, Tom's house of pizza can fly me up for that thing. Okay. We'd love to have you, uh, Mr. Ross Tucker. Um, I wanted to get a couple food takes from you. Would you be able to hold up in an eating contest against Joey Chestnut? Definitely not. No. I've watched that guy. He's an absolute animal. Yep. However. Yes. Um, I, this might be your next question, but I'll, I'll get into it already. <laughs> I, I I would like to I would like to see how I would fare in a in a scrambled cheese eggs eating contest with him. Really? I adore scrambled cheese eggs and like if my life depended upon my performance yep. in an eating contest, yep. that would be my choice. So like I can eat I don't know, twenty scrambled cheese eggs, no problem. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm frantically looking up scrambled cheese eggs uh, world record, uh, but I will, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. Um, is there a question I we should... I might have it. I don't, I don't I may have ever tried that before. I might actually have it. Yeah, you might. Um, is there a question we should ask uh, Joey Chestnut that would come from you specifically? Is there something that's really, you know, that you've always wanted to ask Joey Chestnut? Um... Yes, actually. Okay. I would like to know about his his food consumption in the days after a contest. Okay, hey, okay, so, Ross, can you do me a favor? Can you go, hey, Joey, and ask the question, and we'll grab it, clip it, and then we'll ask Joey Chestnut. Can we do that right now? Sure. Okay. Three, two, one. Joey, what's up, man? It's Ross Tucker. I've always wondered... What do you eat like the day or two or three after one of your contests? Great job, sir. That's yeah. why you're a professional. Three, That's two, why we one. have you on. It was perfect. That's yeah. why we have you on. Nailed it. Great stuff, Ross. Thank you. Thank um, you. One more food question for you. Well, two more. Um, our technical director, uh, Garrett Vander- Vanderplug, uh, GVP, who you talked to before you speak to us, 
He said the Cadillac of vegetables is asparagus. Your thoughts? Um, I like asparagus. I'll tell you what. I like um, my sister makes Brussels sprouts that taste good. I don't like she like I don't know how she makes them, but she she makes the Brussels sprouts so like they're so crispy. It's almost mm. like you're eating fries. I don't know how to describe mm. it. Okay. It's like crispy, and then she puts salt on them. She turns a Brussels sprout into, like, a poor man's French fry, I feel like. Mm. Um, I like asparagus with, like, a, a decent amount of butter on it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, my favorite part of asparagus is how it makes your pee smell afterwards. Right of course. I just, I'm amazed by that. Like, I'm amazed that you can eat something and it changes how your urine smells. And I don't know, like, I look forward to it. Like, I look forward to my first trip to the bathroom after I have asparagus. It's the little things in life, right, Ross? Hey, look, we all have to have things that keep us amused yep. or entertained. It's true. And if, like, I just don't understand. It's the only food product I'm aware of that changes the smell of your urine. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Like, I'm, what? What? Ha- like, I'm, I'm eating it. I'm not drinking something. I'm yeah. eating asparagus, mm-hmm. and somehow it, it seeps into my bladder Yes. It makes my urine smell differently. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I, I heard pineapple has some sort of thing. I don't know what that is, too. Um, Ross, you tweeted out uh, pierogies. Uh, the, again, Pennsylvania Halloween, obviously, in jest. Uh, how many pierogies do you think you can put down? And would you grab a pierogi from a porch? I would not grab a pierogi <laughs> from a porch. A porch rogi? <laughs> no. I don't think I would do that. Okay. There's a lot. Of, I, I, I got a lot of questions. Here's the thing. Anybody that would just have the pierogies out like that, something's wrong with them. So I don't know if I want to eat their pierogies. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I do not like fried pierogies. Oh. They got to be like steamed, right? Yep. Like, yep. I don't, I don't like, I don't want them fried. My wife prefers them fried, mm-hmm. not me. I like the, uh, I, I, I like the, the regular way, sautéed or whatever. Yep. Um, I can take down a lot of pierogies. That's my wife's like single favorite food, by the way. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, I like. I see. I like these things we learn about you, Ross Tucker, uh, NFL on CBS, Westwood One, the Ross. You Tucker guys podcast. even know what pierogies are? Of course we do. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Ukrainian is delicacy. In, yeah, is that a big thing in Calgary? No, I think it's a big thing in North America. Yeah, I, I don't know. I grew up on pierogies. It was like every week. We yeah, had a lot pierogies. of Ukrainians here in Calgary, Ross. We had this truck that uh, would drive guys, around. You guys couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. About what? There's a lot of the country. There's a lot of the country that doesn't even know what a pierogi is. Really? Mm. Interesting. Oh, absolutely. That's so interesting to hear you guys say that. Because mm. I, I was once like you. Mm-mm. To me, growing up, pierogies were like eggs and milk and cheese. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. one of like the staple food products. But like in Florida, they don't know what pierogies are. Texas, nope. And definitely out west, they don't know about pierogies. I'm surprised to hear okay. you guys must have a pretty strong Eastern European yes. uh, stronghold there. Yep. Because the pierogi pocket mm-hmm. is mainly like Pennsylvania – Cleveland and Chicago. Oh, That's the pierogi pocket of America. Hmm. You guys need to during the next commercial break. Yeah, Google pierogies, pierogi pocket. You'll be amazed to see hmm. how 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 localized it is. Wow, uh, that's it's, we're looking at it right now. Pierogi pocket. I'm looking at it right now <laughs> on Google. Uh, terrific stuff. Um, 
Ross, can you explain to me why the Bears traded for Montez Sweat? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, because they don't have a good edge rusher. They don't have a good young edge rusher that they can build around for years. But the guy's a free agent. And this is how they chose to get him. What's that? But he's a free agent, and they gave up a second for him. That's what I don't understand. Well, of course. I don't think that part of it was very smart. You asked me to explain why they did it. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm telling you why they did it. Okay. You didn't ask me what my thoughts were on it. Ross, your thoughts on them giving up a second for a guy who's a free agent this offseason? See, that's a better question. Okay. Because now you're actually getting my opinion, and you're not getting me just trying to tell hey. you why the Bears did something I think was somewhat stupid. I, pre- I appreciate um, that you keep me in line during our interviews. I like that. Yeah, no, listen, we're all being evaluated every day. It's right? true. we got to know that. Yep. So here's what I would say. You know, worst case scenario, they would franchise tag. Okay. But what I don't like about it is twofold. One is they didn't get a contract done with him yet. So now Montez Sweat has leverage out the yin-yang, right? I mean, Montez Sweat has crazy leverage and he was asked about it a new contract and he's like man you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take my time a little bit basically saying he's not in a hurry to sign like he wants to see what things are like there in chicago that's not good chicago you can't do that you got to make the 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 new contract part of the trade and then the gm for the bears comes out and says hopefully it won't take too long well I mean, how much ammo do you want to give this agent? How much leverage do you want to get? Hopefully it won't take too long. Hmm. I mean, Ryan, Poles, their GM, what are you doing? And you're right. I mean, they could have used that top 40 pick on another position, another player, and signed Montez Sweat to an equally gigantic contract in the spring. I don't think the, I don't think commanders were going to franchise tag him. He was going to be a free agent. So I don't get it. I mean, now, if he was a free agent, he could go wherever he wanted to go, and he wouldn't necessarily have to go to Chicago, even if they offered him the most money. And now they control his rights, which I think is what they wanted. I mean, they, they can franchise tag him for the next two years. So they kind of got him if they want. Yeah, and you follow that up after the Chase Claypool trade. It's just a little bit of tidy business being done in Chicago lately. I wanted to ask you about the Raiders. They cleaned house. The GM is out. The head coach, Josh McDaniels, is out. What did you make of the timing? It came very late in the evening, well after the trade deadline was done. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting because I woke up at like 3 a.m. to use the restroom, and I was like, oh. Well, that's interesting because <laughs> it happened at like 1 a.m. Eastern or 2 a.m. Eastern or something yeah. crazy. Um, well, it, it was not a healthy situation there, so I'm not surprised that it happened. It's just amazing that I think Josh McDaniels got fired twice without even getting a second year in his two stops. That that is just wild um, if you think about it, and you know. This is all on Mark Davis. Now he's paying two coaching staffs, Gruden and those guys, McDaniels, a lot of money. And it's really his fault for not giving Bisaccia the chance. Yeah. I mean, after the whole Gruden thing went down, the emails and stuff, and then Henry Ruggs got in that horrific accident, and Damon Arnett. 
the Raiders won a bunch of games that year under Versace and made the playoffs yeah. and almost beat the Bengals in the first round. To then, after that, go ahead and, you know, not even give Versace a, another chance. To think you were too good for Bisacci and you bring in Josh McDaniels, I think Mark Davis is getting exactly what he deserves. Hmm. What do you make of the Bill Belichick coaching tree? Um, what is there to make of it? It's bad. Really bad. <laughs> I mean, has anybody had any success? I guess Bill O'Brien maybe had yeah. some success in Houston. Man, that, that's wild, isn't it? To think that Bill O'Brien is like the best you know, the, the, the best they've gotten um, out of that tree. Look, I don't even think it's about the Bill Belichick tree. I mean, how about just Bill Belichick? Mm-hmm. Patriots right now are kind of, what, two and six? They're dead last in the AFC. They're the only team without at least three wins in the AFC. I mean, it's unique times to be sure right now. In New England, so I don't. I mean, I think Belichick has much bigger uh, issues than his than his tree. Let's put it that way. We saw the Niners make another ad at the trade deadline. Do you like the addition of Chase Young and how he'll fit in that defense? Well, I think they needed to do that for a couple of different reasons. I think number one, you know, I think they needed one more edge guy opposite of Nick Bosa. They keep trying to bring other guys in, right? I mean, Cleveland Farrell and Randy Gregory, but none of those guys are quite, you know, at the level they needed. And so Chase Young really gives them a a formidable front. But also, you know, they lost three games in a row, including two really games in a row where they got torched, man. I mean, torched. Back-to-back games by Kirk Cousins and the Bengals and they're going to their bye, and they lost three in a row. I guess I just kind of feel like they felt like they needed to come up with something different, right? Something better. Um, how pumped up are you for this Chiefs-Dolphins game from Germany this weekend? Uh, very pumped. Should be an awesome, awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the whole day, right? You got Dolphins, Chiefs. Then you've got, after that, um, Seahawks-Ravens, yeah. Eagles-Cowboys, Bills-Bengals. It's like a glorious, glorious day. Uh, it's always glorious when we get to talk to you, uh, Ross Tucker, from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, NFL on CBS, Westwood One. Uh, Ross, terrific stuff as always. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the talk. And we're going to use your question to Joey Chestnut at 8 o'clock. Thanks for this, pal. I love it. I love it. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you next week. There he is, Ross Tucker. All right. Awkward ending, but that's okay. On the uh, Tom's House of Pizza um, guest hotline, pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Um, Love me some Ross Tucker. Love that we got a Ross Tucker question for Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Now we'll have to take the clip from that and, and put that together, and then we'll have that for next Thursday. And you just... The living organism this show. Yeah, it's we just, just, it's just keep constantly it going. growing. Just keep it going. Nurturing it. It needs yep. it needs water. It needs food. It needs yep. sunlight. It needs all that. Love and is love. the number one ingredient. Yeah. That should have been the first thing you said. I feel like an idiot. Good um, job. I uh 
I'm jacked up. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to set the alarm, 7.30 Calgary time. I'm going to wake up and watch that Chiefs and Dolphins game at 7.30 on Sunday. Look at you mm-hmm. looking at your book to see what you got going on Sunday. Yeah, what do I got going on Sunday? Um, Wranglers Barracuda at noon, Hitman Warriors at 6. I'll be hosting that one. Uh, luckily, oh. the Bengals and Bills play at 6.15. Awesome. Um, we know the last time they played, no good. So hopefully everything goes without a hitch uh, this time because that was a scary, scary situation the last time they played. Uh, Mike McDaniel, a uh, bit of a weird cat. <laughs> it's so good, man. Um, the head coach. <laughs> Anytime that there is a video of Mike McDaniel that is yeah. on my feed, I yeah. have to stop and he see did, what he said. Did you see the the kid that dressed up for him as Halloween? I did see yeah. that. And he, and nobody, he's like, a kid didn't dress up for me as Halloween. Like, no it, way. Yeah. No way somebody I cannot that. compute. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, he met dude. the media in uh, Germany yesterday <laughs> and did it so Mike McDaniel. Like, this is great. We're gonna play you this clip, and just, just he's just a weird dude, and I, I, it's, it's good stuff. See, on, I know what you guys are thinking. I'm bigger in person. You're right. This is a bigger room. I can get used to this. Who's going first, Joe? What's going on? <laughs> Joe, what's going on? Just a weird dude. Like so weird. I'm bigger in person. Yeah. I'm bigger in person. <laughs> like the German media has like no time for his, his yeah, hijinks. They, they, they're yeah. so confused. Like, what? This guy's Who a clown. This guy's a this clown. Guy? This guy manages a football team? Yeah. What? Um, and he does it incredibly well? Yeah. Pardon me? Offense is just And common. he's a savant? Yeah. What? There's a, like, um, uh, when he was the ball boy of the uh, Broncos, Broncos, like he was, uh, he'd always go to, or sorry, this was before he became the ball boy, but he would always go to like uh, training camp uh, in the summertime, and um, this one time he had this like Charlotte Hornets hat or whatnot, and he lost it. And uh, one of the trainers or whatever, because he like he kept trying to get it autographed by players, and then one of the trainers found it. Anyways, this trainer ended up becoming his stepfather after he introduced him to his his mother, hmm. and that's how he got in as the Denver Broncos ball boy. Wow, what a great story! <laughs> yes, <What>? yeah. <laughs> No, wait, nothing, nothing, wait. <laughs> yeah. He found his hat and he then he found be- his dad. He found his hat, dad, and a job. Just All going to Denver Broncos camp. There the, you go. The dude found him his hat and then became his dad. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Very Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Very Mike McDaniel. I think we, in the story of the equipment manager is equally compelling. <laughs> 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 like, um, it's great. It's, it's yeah, I love yeah. this guy. Um, <laughs> This is what we're going to do. That reminds me of Brett Cron's story of the... The... The, <laughs> never, the what? <laughs> the dude that he talked about... Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm going to have to ask Brent. I okay. forget the story. Um, <laughs> we have... Uh, Brent Cron's going to join us next week. Yes, and, Monday. 7.30. Uh, we have... Uh, yes, we do. We some, have a something special for Brent Cron when he joins us uh, next time in studio. I'm not gonna say it, but we have something special for him. Do I know what this is? Yeah, you you watched it. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that we only we have, like nobody in this earth has it. We have it. Well, well, who's we? The source. But radio stations, we're the only one who okay, has this. Yeah, yeah, that's in Canada, we're the only ones. Yeah, we're if the only just, show that if, has it. If you just said Sportsnet, like we're the only ones that have it. No, well, it's true. Um, we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do for we're, at least a few more years. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, well, hopefully a lot more. Okay, we are. Uh, we're gonna break. We're gonna talk about the Flames four three loss to the Stars last night down at the Dome because we want to leave us 
We want to get to 8 o'clock right on when Joey Jaws Chestnut going to join us in studio. Get those questions at 960-960, name and location. The GOAT, the world champion, is going to join us in studio coming up at 8 o'clock. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. You have any questions about basements? You probably do. You should then visit dlbasementsystems.com. And we really need to look into that. Um, top of the hour, we hope, fingers crossed, should be coming in studio. The goat of competitive eaters, the world champion, 16-time, I believe it's 16-time mustard belt winner, Joey Jaws Chestnut in studio ahead of the Eric Francis Pizza Pigot, which goes down tonight at Cowboys. And at 830, uh, 830-ish, 840-ish, probably more like 845-ish, to be honest with you, our big bets brought to you by Sports Select. Uh, before we get into the Flames 4-3 loss last night to the Dallas Stars, uh, you're mustacheless <laughs> yes. right now. Your face is as smooth as a baby's bottom. It is. Right yep. now. Yep, it sure is. Uh, Going to be raising a little bit of money this year for the... Calgary Prostate Cancer Center. Okay, good. I'm glad you're keeping it local. Doing something a little bit different. Uh, head to getchecked.ca. Uh, the blue ball is coming up as well, so make sure you grab your tickets for that. I think you can get early bird tickets right now. But yeah, uh, this is something we've talked to Jeff Davison before, the CEO of there of um, yeah, Calgary keep Prostate it local. Cancer Center. And this is one of the things he talks about. This is something that stays in our market, in yep. our area, in our region. So this is a really good uh, kind of resource to use yeah. for people who are looking to um, do something Movember-ish, although it's not Movember. It's, it's different. Yeah, keep it local. I'll have uh, information up on my Twitter at some point this afternoon at Matt Rose YYC. Yeah, um, you're looking sexy, though, eh, with your uh, clean. kind of What do you it. think? What do you think of his, his bald face right now, Patrick? Oh, I'm not I, I'm not a fan of uh, Thank clean you. shave and... No, oh, okay. Wow. Like I, yeah, I like no. how your mood changed when I no, asked you. No, no, no. You got like I, I hate looking at myself without facial hair. So You're a I, I can man. imagine. I'm glad you said yourself there, not me. That would be... I can imagine how Maddie feels. Cause, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not cool. Yeah. For some reason, my media pass at the uh, outdoor game, I was clean shaven. I'm like, where's this photo where did you from? Fo- was it? It wasn't that one. Was no, it? it wasn't no. this one. It was another one. I'm like, where where's this photo? This I'm like, photo? where's this photo from? <laughs> How does, old is this? Does Google photo? George Russell just pull up a photo? Yeah, I don't know where I don't know where Art got that photo. I'm like, what the what? I'm going to show it to you right you now. For a look, new one? what the hell? That yeah, doesn't even look like yeah, no, I know. It doesn't look like him at all. No, <laughs> I know. It's really off putting. Yeah, I don't. Have you a should mustache. be off putting. I don't have a mustache in my picture. Yeah. I have a but look, scraggly. I'm gross like, where's beard. that from? That's uh, beardless George. They probably asked, hey, he's got a. I asked Toronto, like, you got any picture of the George hanging around? And yeah, that was what they sent him. Um, uh, got a text from Eric Francis. Ooh. Grabbing him now. Ooh. Extra tw- extra 20 tickets just released. Ooh. Oh. 20 we'll talk ticks. to Franchise about that coming up. Um, Flames uh, lose 4-3 last night to the Dallas Stars. Obviously, uh, the biggest story, uh, the NHL debut of Connor Zary, who was great last night, uh, brought a lot of energy to the team, I thought uh, the kid scores in his NHL debut, which is awesome. Uh, kind of a lucky break, but he was around it all night. And I think he gave a much-needed shot of energy into this lineup. And it's something that um, Craig Conroy told him because he was clearly uh, disappointed. He was upset that he didn't make the opening night roster. 
but used it as fuel uh, so far with his play with the Wranglers. Mm-hmm. And, Maddie, we saw that last night. The kid was hungry. Yeah, he was great. And, you know, I, I think the message to him had to be, listen, you're going to get a shot. When, some, when we need to make a call, you're going to be that guy. But we also don't necessarily think that playing you down here in a fourth-line role on the wing is going to be as beneficial for you. And sure enough, he goes down to the AHL. He rattles off 10 points in six games, shows, yeah, I'm ready. And as soon as they flames and had an opportunity to bring him up, the Dylan Dubé injury that he suffered in the Heritage Classic, you had an opportunity to add another body. He got called up on an emergency recall. So you had an extra chance there to bring another player into the fold. And sure enough, he's been great in his first game. He's flying around there. He's bringing energy. He wasn't maybe as physical as I've kind of gotten used to him being, but didn't need to be against that group. And the way he was playing, when he had the puck on his stick, he looked dynamic. I thought he used his speed really well when he was tracking back through the neutral zone, which is always great to see. Like, there were instances where... You could see him skating by other flames because they were straight-legging their back check, and he was flying by them, going all out. And it's like, okay, that's not a good vibe if you're a veteran and he's doing that to you, Mm -hmm. but also amazing for the young kid. Just keep it up now. Keep it up. Um, With his performance last night, and um, I, I don't know how you take him out of the lineup, I think you give him a longer look now. Like, who's the guy now that potentially comes out of the lineup to make room for Connor Zary when Dylan Dubé's back? I would say you could go Greer. You could go Hunt. You could go Dewar if you really felt it, but I, he would probably be the third one on that list for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sharon Govich as well, who's mm-hmm. been a little bit quiet lately. But, but I, I thought get, he was decent last night. He was fine last night. I, I, I still think that he looks... Like, he defers way too much when he starts playing with mm. better players like Kadri and Huberto. I, he's really good when the puck is on his stick. He has great puck skills, and I'd like to see him use them more. And I find he defers a little bit too much. But then again, it could be just him getting comfortable. It took the other guys a yeah. full season before they looked remotely comfortable last year. And, and they're better players than Sharon Govich. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say that. So I would look at all of those guys. Um, and I probably bring Dubé back in to be your fourth line center. Yeah. Take that role from Matt Coronado, where we felt maybe he was a little over his skis there, but also that fourth line did not give him any help. And that third pair was not outstanding yesterday. Um, I, I, I kind of brought up the example. And of course, the Flames uh, don't have a, a Miro Haskinen, although I thought Anderson was better than Haskinen last night. But whatever. It's one game. It's one sample size. Sure. But to me, if for those for those fans who are clamoring for a rebuild, the way this Kadri and this Huberto contracts are structured and the amount of term that's left on them, nearly impossible to trade. But again, we've seen contracts we thought were untradeable in the NHL get traded. Guys like Connor Zary, this is what the Flames need to do, and they just hope all of these guys pop. Zary's one of them. Pelche when he comes back. Coronado, and then eventually down the road, Hanzik. If all of these guys pop for the Calgary Flames... Poirier, maybe too. If all of these guys pop for the Calgary Flames, you can supplement your veterans who you're paying a ton of money to, who you hope can be better than they have been so far as Calgary Flames, and then you infuse them with this young roster of exciting players. The problem is all of those young guys got to pop for the Calgary Flames to be a good team. And I look at the Dallas Stars that has a ton of veteran players 
Fagan, Ben, Pavelski, the list goes on and on and on. On contracts that people looked at as albatrosses for quite right. some time. Right, but they're playing well, and they and they supplement those players with really good players like Hintz and Robertson, and, and obviously um, the, the list goes on Haskinen and on. And Haskinen and Ottinger sure. and Wyatt Johnston. Right, and, yeah, my, Steele, like all point, those kids. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's kind of the model if I'm the Calgary Flames that – because we've signed these deals, and in hindsight, I don't know if you do any of those deals again. But again, you did get Mackenzie Weaker to Calgary. But it is what it is now. That was and the former general manager. You're getting a bonus first-round pick in a year. Right. And I think, and who knows what Cole Schwint's going to bring you down the road, too. Very much could be a middle six centerman. Exactly. So th- th- what I saw in Dallas last night and what I saw from Connor Zeri last night gives you hope as a Flames fan that maybe they can be like the Dallas Stars. Like, Anderson, I stink. Think still has stink. He doesn't stink at all. I think, not stink. Although I stink sometimes. No, I don't. I'm very clean. Um, Anderson is a guy that there's still a ceiling to him. I think mm-hmm. we haven't seen the best hockey of Rasmus sure. Anderson yet. But I'm not comparing him to Haskinen. Haskinen's one of the best blue liners. Guy's going to win a Norris Trophy in this league, which Probably. is fine. Yeah. But like, I look at that young core of these Calgary Flames players, and you just hope they can pop. I do see flashes from Coronado. Pelche, I need to see a little more from. I love his energy, his enthusiasm. I, think he, I just don't know if the skill is at the level of a Coronado or Zeri. And we've only seen Zeri play one game in the NHL. Keep your pants on. Although it was awesome last night, like wearing sweatpants to the trip club. But um, he was great last night, and he huh. was dynamic, and he created stuff, which was big for the Calgary Flames last night. So I look at the stars, and I kind of see, like, hey, if I'm the Flames and I'm Craig Conroy, maybe we try to follow the model of the Dallas Stars. Patrick, your opinion on this. Is that is that two out of left field? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. No. Because I think that's best case scenario known. A hundred percent. It's hitting on your first round picks and your high picks. Like I would throw Etienne Moran, who they drafted yes. in the second round this past sure. year, as another guy yeah. who down the road would be looking to have an impact. We've really liked Soloviov and his limited NHL experience sure. more as like a third pair. But you look and you see guys that down the road could have really good roles on this mm-hmm. team and roles that you could see as part of a winner like Jacob Pelche. Sure. Is he going to be a top six scorer? Maybe not, but could he be a, a really good middle six type of guy that chips in with a little bit of offense for you here and there? Without a doubt. We've seen some really good play from Zary Coronado. You see flashes where you see that guy can be dynamic and I love how he chases pucks. So there's a lot to like there. You mentioned Hanzik, the big body who showed some, Pretty nice stuff when we were seeing him in training camp, too. So, listen, I think that when you look at the prospects here, they're solid. Are they, you know, Mesa McTavish and Leo Carlson and Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegras, like a whole bunch of guys that were drafted in the top 12 of the NHL draft? No, but you, you weren't drafting there. Your team was better than that, so you... Went out and you drafted these players and you've developed them well. Late. And now you're at a point where... Late to mid first round picks can pop, too. Exactly. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Again, your your, incre- your chances increase in the top ten, of course, of grabbing better players. But that doesn't always work out you, either. You have like to Patrice hit. Bergeron was a second round pick. Well, yeah, and, and listen, or third you, round. Pick. Jason Robertson is yeah. like a twenty fifth round, twenty uh, fifth overall type of guy. Right. Like, you have to make sure that you're hitting on your first and your second round picks wherever they may be. And yeah. I think we've seen from the Flames Look, they've done some pretty good work. And like you think of that with the corner Zary pick. They had Connor Zeri targeted, and they traded back in the draft, and they still were able to get him. 
Yeah. And then they were able to, you know, acquire whatever else they got in that, some sort of later pick or something like that. I'm not entirely sure what else they got. But nevertheless, they targeted some talent that they knew was still going to be there, and they got him. And up to now, you had to wait for him. He was a 2020 pick. You had to wait. Yep. But there's nothing wrong with waiting, especially with where the team was at that point. I'm right with you. I think that there are things to like here. Now, the tough part is you have to get through the tougher years. You know, maybe going down and getting like a Miro Haskinen fourth overall wouldn't be the worst thing here. Like yeah. if this year doesn't go your way to drop down in the draft and get like a Celebrini or an Acerman, like that wouldn't be bad. And that would really help things. And then you can kind of supplement along the way. Yeah. Not necessarily trading away first round picks and second round picks. You should not be doing that. Yeah, I got a text. Kucherov was a second rounder. Yes, like, it, it happens. But you just have to be good all over the place. The Flames need to be extra good at developing these guys. And the other thing too, like when I look around the league and I see the success that the Ducks are having early, and I see the success that the Coyotes having early, and you see the success that teams like Ottawa are having early. Well, what is? Those are three of the youngest teams in the NHL, and they have all really prioritize draft picks and developing those players. And you just look at the way the NHL is. You want as many shots in the chamber as you can give your scouts and your front office for those first two rounds. Because if you can hit on them, it becomes that much easier to get a team. Like, I think that the Ducks are probably surprised with how good they are already. The Coyotes are probably surprised with how far along some of these guys are. Yeah. Like, this Calder race this year is going to be nuts. Right. A lot of people thought, yeah, Connor Bedard, fill it out. No problem. No chance. Yeah. No chance. And and again, um, last night's game was very encouraging. I thought they dominated the first period. They dominated the third period. Ottinger was good. Ottinger was good. Mm -hmm. And you can't, if you're the Calgary Flames, have a second period like they did last night where you kind of get your foot off the gas pedal and then uh, Dallas just dominated in stretches, especially against that Flames fourth line. But again, last night just goes to show how important Rasmus Anderson is to this team. Uh, again, I'm kicking myself that we, we didn't mention this enough uh, with this four-game suspension. That guy being in the lineup last night not only helped out the power play, helped out Mackenzie Weger, and this team just looks a hell of a lot different when he's on the blue line. Where is he now? in your opinion, because it's the old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Four games, though, Rasmus Anderson. Where is Rasmus Anderson rank on the importance of the Calgary Flames right now? Is he one or two? Uh, is he the most important player on this team? No. Is is Markstrom one? Yeah, Markstrom's, Markstrom's one. one. Okay, and then what? It's Anderson two? Because after what I watched last night, I didn't know it's one game. But man, and I know yeah. they struggled, you know, with him in the lineup. But again, they looked a lot better with him in the lineup. Some of these dogs breakfast games they played when he wasn't in the lineup. I mean, that Columbus game, like, like it wasn't ha- awful from the Flames per se. Like, it was just like obviously an awful finish to that like one. Like that and Penguins then, game was a terrible third period yeah, before the that. The Capitals game, they tried. They, they just they should have won that game. Should have won that one as well. The Red Wings game was awful, and they, you know, that was just a bad game, and they got their doors blown off, as I like to say. But heading into the season, I think you'd probably say Lindholm. But mm. to me, it's probably Markstrom, Anderson. One, two. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it was Chris Tanev last year. Remember, every time he went out, it felt like the blue line took like three or four games to try and figure out everything that was going to happen. And even yesterday, without Nikita Zadorov, thought like the further you got down the lineup, there was definitely a yeah. hole there. But. Rasmus was great. You know, he had the the fresh legs, if you will, from yep. having like 10 days off. 
I think he was playing a little guilty last night, too. Yeah, playing a little guilty for sure, but he helps him do everything, like you mentioned. He he helps shut down defensively. He's pretty good against the rush. His gaps are usually good. Yesterday, there were some that were not good, but that wasn't necessarily him that was doing it. He helped the power play. I I fully agree that he really helped Mackenzie Wieger's game yesterday. Uyghur's just been playing well lately, but that looked like a really strong pair last night. He's a good skater. He can lead the rush. He can attack off the cycle. Yep. He does a little bit of everything for this team, and he did a little bit of everything for them yesterday, and he showed that he can be one of the most important players for this team. Like The other guy that comes to my mind is Michael Backlund, but that's more of a leadership thing. I think that if he was to miss like three or four games, you would feel like the team is sagging a little bit. But right now, I you have a hard way going apart from Markstrom and Raz. And well, because... what, if Lindholm misses a game or two, you would think that Nazem Kadri um, and uh, Eric Francis bangs on the door. Uh, Naz on the window. Nazem Kadri would be a guy that would have to elevate his play if Lindholm's out. Like, and uh, sorry, if Backlund's out, Kadri and Lindholm would have to elevate their play to make up for Backlund. There's nobody on this team on this blue line. Like, you can maybe give me the argument that it's Uyghur, but I don't think it's Uyghur. It's Rasmus Anderson is far and away the best blue liner on this team, and we saw how incredible it was that he wasn't in this roster. He wasn't in this lineup the last four games. And they missed him. They missed him big time. They did. And Yeah, he's he does a little bit of everything. I think he makes Noah Hannafin a lot better, too. Yep. I think he covers up some of the defensive kind of miscues that Noah Hannafin can have from time to time, which is huge. Yeah. And he gives you a big one-timer on the power play, which the team hasn't had. Like, how many times over the last four or five games has a guy been in a prime spot and he's fanned on a one-timer? Right. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what are we doing here? Yeah. And he's been really good at it. It's, it's one of the things that he can do quite well, and, and it makes the power play that much more dangerous, especially with Jonathan Huberto. I think that you really like to have someone that – you can kind of tee up for the one timer, especially if they're going to opposition or going to really, you know, be in the hip pocket of Nazem Kadri in that bumper spot in the slot, right? So that's the one thing that I think we kind of keep an eye on moving forward here is is just what is his impact going to be? How is everybody else going to feed off him? Who plays with him? I think is another interesting thing to watch because yep. he elevates guys around him. Um, last night, uh, as well, uh, Kadri, a guy who's been obviously, uh, a, not that he's a target. It's just, we know that he can be a better player. Mm-hmm. And I thought last night, at least he had an impact on the game. He was creating, he was using his legs. He was using his speed. I thought Kadri played one of his better games of the season last night. And God, that was refreshing to watch. It was refreshing to watch. Uh, was able to get on the scoreboard. I think he had four shots at even strength, which you do like to see. I I, I do find it some t- sometimes I would like to see him just not try to just do it all himself. Like there's there's just too many instances every once in a while where I find he just gets the puck and you know maybe takes one look for a pass, but just rips it right into the guts of a player and and. Shooting is never a bad idea, but sometimes there is better ideas than just putting the puck on the net. And and that's the one place that I think sometimes he just puts his head down and fires. And, and there's a lot of guys on this team that can kind of have that mentality. And I don't hate it, especially on some two-on-ones. Like, you'd love to see Huberto shoot more. Yeah. There were three instances yesterday where you're like, just shoot that puck. Yeah. But 
he's been he's been better yesterday. I thought playing alongside Zary really like he was like I'm not gonna get showed up by this kid. Right. Good. Don't. Yeah. You shouldn't. Exactly. And uh, Huberto was uh, he played yeah. played last night. Twenty. I don't want to be too negative because I thought that was a good game for the Flames. They deserve better. Twenty o two. Yeah, they deserve better last night uh, than what they got against the Dallas Stars, especially in that third period. They outshot them what twenty two to five. Uh, yep. Yeah, twenty-two to five in the final frame. They were dominating that game. It's if a, it wasn't for Lindell making a kick save and a beauty, mm-hmm. like shoveling uh, that puck away from going in, and Ottinger like making tie two that really game. good stops. Yeah, and and again, like Majapani scoring a goal. Nice to see him mm-hmm. finally bury one, which was a nice shot. Uh, quickly released he, it. He's at four right now. He's he's sneakily been one of the better goal scorers for this team. It just hasn't come but at necessarily important times. Yeah, they absolutely. They haven't necessarily meant a whole lot. Yeah, they absolutely need him to. Um, Flames back at it Saturday night in Seattle against the Kraken. Uh, in their next game. Weird, uh, quirky schedule, too, with the Dallas Stars, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing the Stars three times a season all this month. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this. but Yeah, so you get to see. And something about the Stars brings out, like even last season, brings out the best of the Calgary Flames, I which is super exciting. Seven-game series will do that, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, all Especially right. Especially a seven-game series where that team, like, oh, man. They were, at that point, you watched them in the playoffs and you went, well, there's something here. Yeah. And now they've been to a Stanley Cup final in the bubble, yep. conference finals. It's a good team. Uh, I can confirm that the GOAT, the world champion, is in studio. Mm. He's here. Joey Jaws Chestnut going to join us straight ahead with Eric Francis, ahead of the Pizza Pig Out, which goes down tonight at Cowboys Casino. You got a question for Joey? Shoot us a text, 960-960, name and location. We'll ask the GOAT your question. We'll talk to Joey Chestnut next. We'll do some NFL big bets to wrap up the show. It is the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.